All right. Thank you for making the machine a part of your daily morning routine. And it is a great Tuesday morning. And, you know, spring has sprung. And I tell you, sometimes you get it early. Sometimes you get it a little late. Either way it goes, spring is here. But spring's not officially here until you have actually attended what's upcoming. Now, let me tell you a little bit about what's upcoming. We have Spring Fling 2. So spring is not official until you have attended Spring Fling 2. All white musical concert and second line joy. It's going down April 15th, everybody. April 15th. It's a Saturday. That means if you're not doing anything, please come on out. There's a purpose to this party. I always like to call it party with a purpose. There's a purpose behind it. And we are here to speak about that purpose this morning. But we have phenomenal people here this morning to talk about it. So I'm going to introduce Mr. Chuck Barlow, Dr. Shirley Barlow, and returning back so soon, Dr. Candy Tate part of the Morris Brown College Alumni Focus Group and the Atlanta branch of Asala. Together, they are the friends, dear friends of Fountain Hall, our landmark right here on this Morris Brown College campus. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody feeling? Good morning. Good morning. Feeling good. Absolutely. I'm glad everybody's feeling good, feeling great. But we've got a lot of people out there that are really feeling even greater about this spring fling to coming up. So whoever wants to start to talk about it, I I think we're going to go ahead and start with uh, Mr. Barlow going to talk about the spring fling to how it came about and talk about the purpose. Well, good morning. Um, I I am so excited uh, getting prepared for this second uh, spring fling. Um, the the Morris Brown Alumni Focus Group has been meeting since April 2015. Mm-hmm. It was founded after Morris Brown ca- came out of bankruptcy uh, by Dr. Faroki and um, with the intent of making sure that Morris Brown goes forward and not backwards again. Mm-hmm. And uh, two things that were very important to us. Number one is that we wanted to make sure that we raised whatever funds Mars Brown needed to get our accreditation back. Number two, mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that the facilities um, that were in place uh, that were uh, adequate for Mars Brown students and faculty and staff to do their work. So we set out to uh, make those things happen, and we asked the president, at the time, uh, what is it you need? Whatever you need, you tell us, we'll get it. And the first thing was the um, ceiling in the administration building was leaking and mm. buckets all around the place. Mm-hmm. He, he, he get, got quotes on what it would take to fix it. We raised that money in a short period of time, and it was fixed. Uh, when the faculty needed uh, to be paid on time, we raised money. Uh, at one point in time, we raised uh, $130,000 in uh, 30 days to make sure that our faculty. So this spring wow. fling is designed to make sure that we continue that legacy of raising funds for Morris Brown. Mm-hmm. And these funds will be for 
uh, scholarship endowment as well as for the restoration of Fountain Hall because we need to uh, we need to obviously understand that uh, now that Morris Brown has our accreditation back, mm-hmm. uh, we're uh, raising the number of students who are coming to Morris Brown. I think the last count this year, we're up to 250, 270, and we expect that to continue to grow every year. Yes. So we need more classroom space, and we need more uh, space for the faculty and staff, and Fountain Hall is that target uh, for that. And it is a precious a jewel on our campus as well, and we mm-hmm. just want it restored uh, because it's a beacon uh, in Atlanta with that clock tower. Uh, people have known about that clock tower for years, and they've looked to that uh, as a beacon of hope. And Morris Brown faculty, uh, Morris Brown students, Morris Brown alumni, friends of Morris Brown have continued to do everything we can to make sure we get that building uh, restored. Absolutely. Now, I do want to ask this question because we we speak about the beacon of not just Atlanta, but this neighborhood of Vine City that surrounds in the Atlanta University Center. Could you briefly speak on the importance, the further importance of Fountain Hall and why it needs to be restored? Well, you know, the interesting thing, I, I went to it through an experience with Georgia Tech and a new a process that they call asset-based community development. And what that means is you look at the assets in your community um, to base your development on. Because oftentimes what we do is just look at the problems and uh, trying to find solution to the problem, but we don't look at the assets. The Mars Brown campus, where it sits in in, in, in Vine City uh, has been a beacon in that city of hope uh, of, of Vine City for 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 many years uh, and that um, clock tower and you got to think about it from a standpoint of when you look up and you see something that has been there so long um, it, re- it it replenishes your hope uh, because especially when you've seen what it's gone through. You know, there have been vandals who have uh, come in and climbed up to the top and knocked the face off the clock. Why would they do that? Uh, That's demonic because why would you, I mean, (laughs) you know, they've done it several times. So it must be important to somebody because somebody is willing to do that. And that just makes us more resilient and makes us more determined to do that. You see, we're married to um, Vine City. Vine City is is our partner in this process because we know that the, this, this beacon, this Morris Brown campus has been a, a beacon of hope for Vine City because Vine City, uh, you know, has gone through a lot of transitions uh, over the years. And uh, I guarantee you, most of the people who have grown up in Vine City can tell you the impact that Marsh Brown has had on them and, mm-hmm. and how important uh, Fountain Hall uh, is to those people in Vine City. Absolutely, absolutely. And now, uh, Dr. Tate, I want to uh, come to you for just a moment. And we have been raising money for Fountain Hall for some time. How far along are we in this process? Because the day that that historic building opens again is going to be 
not just a happy moment, but there's going to be a lot of happy tears, tears of joy that this historic building of higher education for for us by us. Right. Is going to be open for students to be able to get their further learning and be able to see the history that is all through that building and more things to be able to do instead of being confined to one building. So how, you know, how far along are we in this process at this moment? As they say, we are very close and thank you. Good morning, Robert. We're so excited. And and the we this time is the Atlanta branch of ASALA, Mm -hmm. the Association for the Study of African-American Life and History. Yes. Founded by Dr. Carter G. Woodson in 1915. Mm -hmm. And in 2015, for the 100th anniversary, the Atlanta branch was founded. Um, I am a native of Atlanta Mm -hmm. and have have always known and passed by um, the Fountain Hall building um, when it was you know not so not when it was stone hall because I was I wasn't that old but I have relatives that attended Morris Brown mm-hmm. a great uncle uh, and family members that attended the Atlanta University so this is mm-hmm. an Atlanta University Center United type of project and so being a, a Clark alum um, and a member of Asala I immediately saw the opportunity to uh, raise these hollowed grounds Mm -hmm. and find funding for it. So we have written grants um, to the tune of almost $3 million uh, for for the restoration of the roof, Mm -hmm. uh, the downspouts, the clock, the bell. Uh, Again, we haven't said that the building was erected in 1882 Mm -hmm. um, as part of Atlanta University. Morris Brown was founded in 1881. But in the um, late 1920s, mm-hmm. 30s, came to the Atlanta University Center campus uh, vacant buildings and became part of the later became part of the Atlanta University Center. So Fountain Hall um, is near and dear to both Clark Atlanta University Center alumni mm-hmm. as well as Morris Brown alumni. So we are, as to your question, very close um, to this, this $30 million restoration project, awesome. uh, has, uh, historic tax credits, mm-hmm. uh, has, um, state tax credits that have, um, been allocated for the project. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're, as they say on the home stretch. So people have seen the building and thought, Oh, it's, nothing's happening, but there's a lot of activity behind the scenes in right. this quiet phase of development and fundraising. And so once a year, we're, we're coming out together to say and show the foundations and the corporate entities, the, this is important to the community. And this is why it's so important that everybody come out and buy a ticket and be part of Spring Fling too, because everyone needs to become a friend of Fountain Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm actually gonna help you segue to our other illustrious guests because you may have noticed that their names are the same yes Uh, dr barlow and reverend barlow but fountain hall has beautiful stories and i'm going to let dr shirley barlow share one of those stories that's so important to her absolutely good morning robert and other guests i'm dr shirley barlow i am a 1973 graduate of morris brown college Mm mm-hmm I am the wife of 
Reverend Barlow who spoke for earlier. But our special uh, remembrance and activity at Morris Brown mm -hmm. in 1972, Reverend Barlow was away in the military serving over in Istanbul. Yes. And I was here preparing for a wedding. Mm -hmm. And during the day, we would always meet up at Morris Brown in the Fountain Hall, my friends and I, my sorority sisters. And there was a lounge down in the basement to the right mm -hmm. uh, on the Martin Luther King side. Mm -hmm. So this particular day, after going to class, I went to the lounge as usual. But when I got there that day, it was decorated in pink and green. Mm. And all my friends said, surprise. They gave me a surprise bridal shower nice. in that lounge at lunchtime. And that has been a memory for this year, no, last year. In 22, we celebrated 50 years mm -hmm. of yes. our Absolutely. anniversary. Absolutely. So this is very dear to me. And Fountain Hall is where I took classes in history, mm -hmm. in English and language arts. And also, we have a lounge. We have a an auditorium mm. in that building. We call nice. it um, Viola Hill Auditorium. Mm -hmm. And Viola Hill was one of our faculty in, in the arts and so we um, celebrated there but that building that particular lounge was very important as well because after going to school attending school here we had chapel we had to have every Wednesday something they kind of gotten away from but we would meet there every Wednesday mm -hmm. dressed in our white and black Right. Back then, there was a requirement, and you had to attend. And so we we have the beautiful windows there. But as I grew up, graduated, came back, and volunteered, and also became the graduate advisor for the campus for the AKAs. Nice. That's where we used to have a lot of our meetings in the chapels mm -hmm. and programs that we would do for the students of the college. And also on the third floor, the window facing the yard is where we used to have our monthly meetings. And hmm. we would also enjoy the yard and all the people who were out on the yard and in the promenade and on their plots. And um, we just had a beautiful celebration. So I'm looking forward to that coming back for our students who are here now to be able to enjoy Fountain Hall, the chapel, as well as learning the history as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm, you know, in the rich history, there's, once the building opens, there's going to be a lot of new history because there's so many talented students that we have here on campus that that audit, first, first, first and foremost, that auditorium in there is going to really inspire them to do even more because 
working with what we already have, these students are doing a phenomenal job of just working with what they have and being able to keep the energy up. It's just absolutely amazing. You know, a lot of there's a lot of young people that would be discouraged by certain things like that. But I uh, not here at Morris Brown. I uh, uh, Morris Brown students, what they do is they make the best of what we have and what we have. It gets developed and then it becomes something completely new that's never been done, like film. Never been done before here at Morris Brown College, at least a filmmaker coming right from Morris Brown College, like directly, like feature film. We have we have that in a student here already and still continuing to make that happen. But with the opening of Fountain Hall, it opens up a multitude of doors, not just its doors, but doors for our current students and future students that will be on these grounds of Morris Brown College. So, I mean, it's just absolutely amazing the progress that we are seeing and it's just absolutely phenomenal. Let me, let me ask you this. I know, uh, Dr. Barlow, you, you said that there were meetings in there, what have you, during your time as a student here at Morris Brown College, right? What was the best memory as a student that you've had here at Morris Brown College in Fountain Hall? Ah, I had, I had to make sure I finished the question on that. I, in Fountain Hall. I know the, the campus, you got plenty of memories there that last a lifetime. However, I want to talk about Fountain Hall. Your best memory of Fountain Hall as a student? Well, the best memory that I have is um, we had we have three floors and it's have you scoot up just a little bit. We have there three floors in that building and we had an elevator and we had the stairs. Mm -hmm. And most of the time people would not ride the elevator because they were frightened. But when the elevator was out, everybody was sad because then everybody had to make those flights of stairs to get to your class. And I had um, social studies, which, which was with uh, Dr. Robinson, and we had a certain time to get in the class. You know, they said if you get to class 15 minutes late, you may not be able to get in class. Yeah, right. And so you have to make sure that you get there early enough just in case the elevator wasn't working that you would have to walk all those stairs going up you know going down was always easy but we would get <laughs> we would get there it's even younger yeah even as a young girl right but we would get there and everybody would be saying hurry up hurry up hurry up he's not here yet and as soon as he you darken the door he show up you know and so um, he would not give us that opportunity for the 15 minute late to be able to sign the roll and leave because he would always be there. We would say he would always probably around the corner waiting to see how many students he was going to be able to not allow in his class. And then you couldn't leave the building. <laughs> if you didn't get in the class, you couldn't leave the building. You still had to stay there in order oh. to be able to be marked present. <laughs> wow. Hey, he, he said, you know what? No, we're, we're going to figure this out. No, dude, you're going to come to class today. Um, I might not let you in there, 
but you might learn something sitting outside the door. <laughs> yeah, the lesson was you you be on time tomorrow, and the next time your class was <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and um, that's a that's a great memory because um, in high school. I had that as well. That there was that one, that one instructor, that they were always punctual. So that meant you needed to be punctual too. You're gonna to learn how to be punctual for this class, for this class instruction, for this learning. And they made a point: you, if you're not here at this time when the bell rings, you're out. You figure it out. I'll I'll let you know later. But right now. You're not getting in. And then how many, how many times, and I have to ask for a fun question. How many times did you, did you get away with one or two? <laughs> I think only once. Only because, once. Uh, you know, like I said, after you walk up all those stairs and get there and find out you can't get in class, it's not a good feeling because all your friends, when they, you know, they looking out the door at you or when they come out, they look at you sitting there because, like I say, you can't leave. In order to be, you know, marked present, you had to stay there. Right, right. You did attendance. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lesson that was learned. Awesome. By several of us. Awesome, awesome. And Reverend Barlow, uh, same question, same question for you. So, what is the your favorite memory as a student here at Morris Brown in Fountain Hall? My favorite memory is Mr. Oscar Burnett. Mm. Oscar Burnett was the toughest teacher I have ever experienced in my lifetime. Um, Oscar Burnett did not play. Uh, you were going to get, you were either going to get it or you were going to get out. Wow. Uh, he was so tough. Um, I was a little bit afraid of him. Um, being a country boy, uh, coming to Morris Brown, reading at a 10th grade level, mm -hmm. On probation, I had to um, had had to have a uh, C average. The first semester, I had to take remedial courses, and I was about to fail um, economics, taking it from Mr. Burnett. And I decided that I I absolutely could not fail. I I had to succeed. So I fearfully went to Mr. Burnett. I said, Mr. Burnett, I am failing economics. I just don't get it. I don't understand this stuff. And he looked at me and he gave me an assignment uh, to read um, a book and write a report. I read the book. I wrote the report. I did mm -hmm. not understand it. I don't think it was a good report. Mm -hmm. And I almost didn't turn it in. And I said, well, you know, he gave me a chance to do it. I'm going to go ahead and turn it in, even though it's not a good report. And he gave me a C, and that C helped me to pass. Now, Mr. Barnett, he didn't give me the C because of my report. He gave me the C because of two things. One, I asked for help, and I did what he told me to do. And that, to me, um, has stayed with me for a lifetime, that no matter what challenges you have, finish strong. Push forward. Do the best that you can with what you have and never give up. That determination has helped me to overachieve in every assignment I had working for Zoros Corporation for 18 years, running a technology company for 14 years. 
military, I made sergeant in 12 months. Every assignment that I've had, that role that Mr. Burnett played helped me to do that, is to never give up no matter what. Uh, and it's not always the quality, it is co the completion that's the most important thing. Hmm. Wow. Um, and see, what people don't understand, our listeners, they don't under, they may not understand this, but there's a lot of, a lot of phenomenal instructors, professors, were there, and this was the the iconic building. It wasn't even about the building; it was about what you learned when you stepped into those doors. And the, and the learning experience after you have left those doors. And those are some powerful stories there because the first thing that you went to as far as memories were the people. So many people have come through and have taught classes in that particular building. And it gives you that memory because it shapes you, the person who you are today, the people who you are today. And that that's, you know, an amazing thing that we can get those particular memories and how powerful Fountain Hall will be to the current future students of Morris Brown that will be doing a lot of creating their own lanes and making things happen. So now I want to ask, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to ask you. Oh, oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming to you. Go right ahead. Dr. Tate, tell me about your memory of Fountain Hall. Well, and as a historian and digging into the archives, it's been wonderful to find out memories and history to share with present day and future mm -hmm. Um, visitors to this building and to make the, the reason, the, the call to action to give. Um, Fountain Hall, uh, again, we started with Morris Brown mm -hmm. and the Morris Brown motto, a haven for hungry souls. So that you're hearing stories of HBCU excellence yes. and expectations from Morris Brown to Atlanta University uh, to uh, all of the schools in the AU Center would take classes in this building. Mm -hmm. So there was a whole arch program. And so it wasn't a matter of Morris Brown versus Spelman, Morehouse, or Clark. Everybody took classes from all of the institutions. So I love that memory. Mm -hmm. The other um, piece that's really important to know, uh, we have fabulous architects and developers, yes, African-American architectural firm, mm -hmm. Moody Nolan, uh, who has um, drawn up plans for the vision of what this building will be. And the auditorium space will be two to 300 seats, state of the art, nice. um, multi-purpose room that can be for lectures, it can be for dinners. Um, and Founders so Day? Yes, Founders yep, Day, yep. All, all of those activities, yep. <laughs> and the community, because yes. there, there are, as, as we, at the Atlanta branch of Asala, have gone out and um, gotten oral histories of the community, of their memories, 
there there are alums who were married in the chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the Viola Hill Chapel, but it um, used to originally was the E.A. Ware mm-hmm. Auditorium right. under the time of, of W.B. Du Bois. And there's an office. Mm-hmm. The office of Dr. Du Bois was in this building. And so it will be a historic space for people to visit and see where he wrote Souls of Black Folks Looking Down um, at Downtown Atlanta. Uh, right now we see the Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium blocking that view, uh, but by and large that was a spectacular panorama, and the building was on the highest point in Vine City called mm-hmm. Diamond Hill. So those memories we're looking forward to. Du Bois would have an annual meeting in that auditorium uh, of scholars mm-hmm. s- trying to solve the problem of the Negro. Pretty bad to feel like you were a problem, mm. but the greatest minds would come together, meet annually, and Atlanta University would put, print out a report of how to solve economic issues, education issues, um, you know, uh, faith. Again, we have to remember that each of these schools was founded by a different denomination. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morris Brown, the African Methodist Episcopal faith, um, Baptist for Morehouse and Spellman, and then Clark was a Methodist school. Mm. So a lot of times it, people have the misnomer of, oh, you went to one or another because uh, you either had the grades or didn't have the grades or your money or whatever. It was based on your religious affiliations. Mm. Um, but all schools were equally, as, as you could hear, uh, equally stringent on their students and their academic requirements. Um, wow. But beyond academia and a place for studying kind of a neat, um, a black think tank in that building. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also an art gallery in the space. Mm. And so the Ruth Hall Hodges art gallery will come back. Um, awesome. Maybe uh, we don't, not sure if it's going to stay that name, but there will be an art gallery in the building. Mm-hmm. Again, the, um, the major chapel uh, multi-purpose space mm-hmm. and then state of the art classrooms. And so we'll be sure to put, we have uh, images of, of these spaces, restored nice. spaces uh, from the architects. So that's what the grant money has gone for right now to, as they say, paint the vision, yeah. make it plain. <laughs> make it plain. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so from there, we're, we're really hopeful that everyone will, you know, will, will give. Uh, you see the plan. Uh, it's a fabulous um, building. Mm-hmm. Um, great bones, you know, 39,000 square feet. Mm. Uh, to black education and for me as a historian i am so looking forward to hearing the bell ring again oh i'm talking as a, as a sound of what? higher education and prosperity and purpose uh, coming out of the vine city community that yes. all of atlanta can hear again that's the memory that i've seen heard read and want to see happen again you know what? We've been waiting a long, long time to hear that bell once again. I think in a lot of us, you know, resonate with resonate memories with those sounds mm-hmm. that you hear on a daily basis, especially when it comes to higher education. You knew that bell meant up. Uh, 
You can already close those doors in about 15 minutes. <laughs> you can already close those doors. If you're not there, he's, he's going to give us 15 minutes. All right, let's, let's go. Let's run across campus. I got I to gotta hit a power walk or a jog because he's not going to let me in. Or I need I need this to happen. I, I, I need to really pick up my grade. Or I'm ready to go to class. When I hear that bell, I know it's time to get to work. It's been silent for too long. It's about that time. Mm -hmm. And we're ready to roll. And when I say it's about that time, and, you know, it's not a pun on clock or watch or anything, but still we can make it that because it is time. The time is now. That's why it's important as we transition to Spring Fling 2. So talk about the development of Spring Fling 2, because this is even bigger than the last one. So talk about it. I will, and I'm going to ask my, my colleagues to join in with me, but I want to first say thank you uh, to Soror Shirley Barlow for actually bringing Asala in to meet the Morris Brown Focus Group yes. and to make this partnership possible. But it is it has been a divine nine operation and nice. also all of the other um, affinity groups mm -hmm. that make up Morris Brown. And so I'm going to turn it over to Reverend Barlow, who's who's the co-chair for the uh, focus group to kind of share who all helps us out in making these things possible. Uh, thank you, Dr. Candy. It's interesting. Um, as I think about the, the spring fling, we have a very unique group, this focus group. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, since April um, 2015, mm -hmm. we have been meeting every Tuesday um, up until we got our, our accreditation. We met mm -hmm. every Tuesday except for holidays. Yeah, I want you to think about that. There is no organization, no alumni association, no fraternity of sorority that did that that met every week we met every tuesday and it was consistent too consistent. i saw that process yeah. yeah and it's interesting because you know fundraising is hard work yeah and you got to come up with ideas um and one thing that we have been is very open and receptive to new ideas um we had a brainstorming session back in 2017 uh, away from the campus where we just brainstormed. We wanted to hear every idea that people had on fundraising. And we listed those ideas, and then we prioritized those ideas. And we had about, maybe about 35 ideas on fundraising. So we picked the top three to implement. And then at the beginning of each year, we go back and look at our list and say, okay, what else do we want to do? And this spring fling came up. Um, a year, a year before last, um, when we were trying to think of saying, and actually, we I think the idea actually came up in January, and we had by the time we made a decision and got it started, we had about sixty days before the event, mm -hmm. and uh, within sixty, within actually in forty five days when we kicked it off. Mm -hmm. In 45 days, we raised over $60,000. Nobody's done that. Wow. And it, it shows you the determination 
of these group of people. And I think one of the, I don't think, one of the reasons we draw people to us is that people that want to really work, people that want to get things done, they come and join us because, and, and you know, it, it's not about seniority. It's not about who's been in the group the longest. It's not about anybody. It's about Mars Brown. And they know that they see that. They see our passion uh, for doing this. They see our passion for getting it done. You know, um, uh, uh, one of my guiding books that I, I, uh, I use in, in consulting and also personally is uh, Stephen Covey's um, The Speed of Trust. And in that book, he talks about the, it's how you get things done quicker. You get things done quicker when people trust you. Mm-hmm. And why do people trust you? They trust you for two primary reasons. Number one, you get things done. Number two, you get it done with character. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody says, well, you know, Barlow, he's got good character, but he don't get nothing done. He does a lot of talking, but he don't get nothing done. They don't trust me. If people say, well, Barlow, he gets things done. Uh, he gets things, uh, I'm sorry. They said, Barlow, he gets things done, but you better go back and check behind him uh, mm-hmm. because you got to figure out how he did it. So they don't trust me. So I, we have to do both, and that's what the, the Marshall Alumni Focus Group and, and working with Friends of Fountain Hall has done is that we have created credibility to where people trust us. We get things done, and we get it done with character and integrity, and they, they know that Mars Brown is the absolute focus. Every meeting, it's about Mars Brown. It ain't about personalities. It's not about who's in charge. It's not about who's in control. It's about are you here to work? To get results from Mars Brown, if not, move on, because that's what we're about. De- every time we meet, that's our focus is what's next. And this spring fling is one of those things that I'll be honest with you. When I think Miss Willene is the one that came up with the idea, and then we kicked it around back and forth, and I'm thinking, can we do that in that this short a period of time? But she's also so persistent, and she smiles when she's pushing you, and. <laughs> It's hard to say no because you know she's committed to it. And she's one of those leaders that inspires you in spite of. And sometimes I, you know, I get tired. And I was, when we came up this first time, I was tired. Um, and I looked at her and I looked at her determination. And I said, We can do this. We're going to do this. So we did it. And so those are the kinds of people that we attract. We attract people who want to get things done, people you can trust. They use that trust to get things done. And it has continued to be a big, a major asset uh, to Mars Brown. And let me just share one other thing. I'm looking at the alma mater. It says, um, emblem of the brave and free, a welcome truth to everyone until thy work is done. Mm. You know, there's some words in this alma mater uh, <laughs> that, are compel- that are compelling and that are driving, uh, that keeps people motivated until thy work is done. And that means it ain't going to never be done, by the way. <laughs> what we're doing is just, uh, you know, whatever's not done, we pass it on to the next generation or the next um, group. But it's it's never going to be done because education is a powerful tool. As Mr. Mandela said, education is the most powerful tool that can be used to change the world. And Mars Brown is changing the world. And we are changing the world by supporting Mars Brown. And we're asking everybody, come to the Spring Fling. 
and help us to change the world. Absolutely. And I want to also ask you, Reverend Barlow, because you you stated that the group attracts people that want to get things done. How important is it for all the listeners out there in the world, how we can come together as people and get things done? A lot of people don't understand that concept. We, we have like, you know, as, as it's normally called crabs and barrel mentality and one thing doesn't get done and it's just a whole complicated mess. What is it besides the drive that you see in everybody that gets you to a point where you get things done because it's very important for especially it's it's important for anything but especially important for institutions of higher learning such as this one as we make this major comeback well i have a secret uh, that i have been using uh, all my life as i mentioned to you uh, a lot of this comes from mars brown and uh, this secret is very simple you know i and I had to look back over my life and try to and figure out why was I so successful in everything that I've done. And actually, it's really simple. You know, and there's five questions that I ask people. You know, is the vision clear? Clear is the vision very clear for everybody? And what that means is people want to know why we're we doing this. Why, why am I in there? It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's they want to know why are we doing this. And so we try to make the vision clear. Uh, are the objectives clear? The objectives are what do we need to do to get it done? It needs to be clear so that everybody know what role they can play in that uh, and to get to that vision. And the third third question is, you know, are the roles clearly defined? When people come to a group, I'm not one to come to a group just to be in the group. You know, I came to I come to work. I've been the lone executive to four Mars Brown presidents. I came to Mars Brown back in 1982 when I heard that Mars Brown was going through some challenges, and uh, I got involved. And so people want to know, you know, what role can I play in this process? And we make sure that everybody understands when they come in, there's a role for you to play in this. You don't sit on We don't need anybody sitting on the sideline criticizing. We need you to get your hands in the dough and, and, and knead the dough, as Mama would say. Um, and the, the next question is, are the processes clearly found? How are we going to get it done? Uh, and last but not least, that's one of the most important parts is, has winning been clearly defined for everybody, all the stakeholders? Because, see, sometimes organizations uh, assume that the what winning is for the group is the same for individual. It's not. And if you don't ask people what they want and why they're here, um, you, you make the assumption that they're doing it for the same reason you're not. And see, it doesn't matter. Mm. They, it, theirs can be totally different for everybody else. And I hope the role is we will help you if you help us, if you help us to accomplish the vision. So remember, the, the five things. Is the vision clearly defined? Are the objectives clearly defined? Are the roles clearly defined? Are the processes clearly defined? And has winning been clearly defined that everybody in the group? What is it that you want? And what I've found is I don't like managing people. If I got to manage people, I don't need them. 
but those things have to be clear. People like to manage themselves, and if those things are clear, and by the way, they're never going to ask you those questions. As a leader, it's your responsibility to make it clear to people. And if they don't know it, you, it's your responsibility to make sure they know it. And then let them do it. Let them get it done. They're going to mess up. They're going to get off track. But you encourage them. And always be encouraging. Don't spend time criticizing what somebody else did. Mm-hmm. Do your thing and set the example. Now, what I just said to you is that's not just about them. It's about me. i got to make sure it's clear to me first why I'm doing it. I don't like right. getting I don't like going to meetings and just talking. You know, I, I, when I was in corporate America, every five years I would take time off to go work in, in, uh, in the community. And what I found is a lot of community groups, they do a lot of talking, but they don't do nothing. You know, I'd be sitting in meetings, and people talk, 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 talk. I say, what are we, why, are we, why are we here? What have what, we what accomplished? Are we, what are we supposed to be accomplishing? Is it, what's the purpose of this meeting? And sometimes people look at me like I'm crazy. It's like, you know, I ain't sitting in a meeting for an hour and I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I need to know what the outcome is so when I leave, I know what my orders are. See, that's the military style. That's the thing I learned from the military. If you're going on a mission, somebody asked me a question because I do this with corporate when I'm, try, when I'm doing a, an assignment. I ask the leader, can people answer all these questions? And, and it says, if they are 100% sure what the vision is, the objective, so on and so forth. They said, why does it have to be 100%? I said, well, you, would you like to go to Iran in a war with people who don't know the answer to those questions, 100%. You want to go with people that know 50%? I don't think so. So you, they need to know, and it's our, our responsibility as a leader to do that. So that's why we've been successful over the years in doing whatever we say we're going to do, we get it done, and people know that. Don't come to the focus group or you're coming to play or you're coming to disrupt or you're coming to just watch. Get your hands dirty, get in. Absolutely, and that's what led to, obviously, the spring fling. And when we say it's a party with a purpose, it's a party with a purpose because not only are you getting great performing acts, and we're going to speak on them in just a second, but you're also dressed dress to the nines, as they say, you know, just all white, got your outfit ready, and you're getting a second line by a brass band you're getting you're getting a whole you're getting a whole vibe in one particular event so many things that are enjoyable to do now as far as the second line a lot of people may not know what the second line is could we speak on what the second line joy is all about and why is it so important to this particular spring flame um I guess I'll, I'll jump in and share a little bit of what I do know about the second line. And, and it's was typically done uh, at a funeral, mm. but we always, uh, in our faith practices of African-Americans, mm-hmm. it's a celebration of life, right? not a solemn, not a, you know, it's not a sad, sad moment. Occasion. It's no, more of a celebration, no, celebrating the life mm-hmm. that was lived. Uh, and again, we're still here struggling day to day. They're, they're on with the, you know, who we believe, to be our Lord, Lord and Savior, so they're in a better, much better place. And so the music is also very important to our culture. And so the brass sound um, is going to lead in this celebration. As you hear from our, my colleagues, uh, that the Morris Brown Focus Group, the Atlanta branch of Asala, uh, all together making the Friends of Fountain Hall, we work hard, but we also know how to play hard. 
Mm-hmm. And so this 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 spring fling is a party and a celebration um, to to so come out and join join in with us. Uh, and you can go to our website, yes, fountainhallatl.org to get your ticket. Absolutely. Let's let's go here for a second because um first of all the Groove Master Brass Band phenomenal band phenomenal band I mean they've if you've ever come to any um Friends of Fountain Hall events they're always on scene and they play they bring, and when I say they, bring they play the sound. they bring a sound <laughs> let me tell you something it's so good of a sound that People asked for encores. I, you remember that day, Dr. T? You remember that day? Yeah. It, 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 it had everybody asking for encore. Play one more. Play one more. But this is the type of sound that you're going to get. You're also getting solo sounds from Henry J. Porter as well. But I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. The, the major artist on the ticket right now is Brother Glenn Jones, Mr. Show Me, Mr. We've Only Just Begun to Romance is Not Over. That's right. You know, you're, we're talking about Glenn Jones here. First off, how a lot of a, a lot of people are like, oh, he's on the, how in the world did that happen? What happened? What have you like that? But it's it's still that purpose. It's still serving that purpose because he's going to put on a phenomenal show along with the Groove Master Brass Band. It's just going to be yeah, I don't absolutely know if they're going to be able to stay in their seats. No, <laughs> no. They'll have to get up. <laughs> so that means make sure you come with comfortable shoes, please. <laughs> You're dressed in all white. You you may, ladies, you might not want to put on them heels. You might want to have them to the side. Make sure you have something comfortable because you're going to be up moving and grooving because it is it is a purpose behind the move and groove. We are we are moving along the process of restoring our dear fountain hall. It is an absolute purpose to this. And, you know, just talk about the uh, first, first things first. When you attend and you buy your tickets and you're in attendance, you got to make sure you're sitting at the best dressed table, too, because apparently I heard that there is a contest for the best dress table. So you got to make sure you have some outfits ready. Dr. Barlow. Yes, we want to make sure that our table represents our spring fling mm-hmm. the best dress table the mm-hmm. best dress people sitting at the table mm-hmm. also i uh, want to make sure we had last year some marvelous looking tables i tell you mm. there was a table there that the matching um, people had on t-shirts uh, representing they had fans Mm-hmm. representing they had the decoration in the center of the table just blow your mind so we're looking to see that kind of competition again uh, with the people representing they're all they go all out and so we want to invite them back we want you to come with your ideas as to mm-hmm. how you want to show that you love your Morris Brown with your Morris Brown spirit, with your family. We had classes, we had 
organizations. We had individuals. So mm-hmm. everyone came and brought their ideas and shared their love with great food and with great decorations. Absolutely. So. And, you know, did so, so that means we got to really be uh, – nicely dressed we, we we want to get that uh best dress table you know make so that means just you got to be surrounded by some great looking folks and if those seats are full they're going to try to you know somebody's going to try to pull up a seat they're going to be like hey my chair is over here <laughs> i could already see it now hey my chair's been over here uh thank you thank you so much dude do, do i win too it's, it's going to be a joke but uh either way still what's what's you know, the greatest part about this is that you've created something that is going to be a consistent thing for years to come, which will serve eventually once the building is open, different purposes to really enhance the student life on this campus. You know, it's a haven for hungry souls, right? Right. right. And, and you, you heard um, that it's the building support but also for scholarships so yes. the focus group um has has that as he, as reverend barlow has shared has the the mission the plan you know so we're if we're not helping restore the building funds will be there to help maintain the building uh, but the building is there for our ultimate purpose which is educating students absolutely and um you know Rev, um, dr barlow has had many hats uh mm-hmm. as a teacher uh, as well as an alum, as well as a um, an advisor. So I know you know know more about the students than most. Right. And and once the students here, uh, we as edu- as educators feeding their hungry souls, we give them what they need mm-hmm. to be able to move from here to go out into the world mm-hmm. to reach their educational goals. Nice. And that's our that's our plan. That's our motto: is feeding them shall be our goal. Absolutely. And that's we have continued for twenty years without a, accreditation. We continue to feed them mm-hmm. and send them out and and helping them to reach their goals. Absolutely, absolutely. And and Robert, these. Can I just say be. We've gone so long and been remiss. Of course, none of this would have been possible. We started out under um, President Pritchard, Stanley Pritchard. Uh-huh. Uh, but, of course, our new president, uh, he's still new, um, uh, Dr. Kevin James, mm-hmm. and the hard reset has really made all of this possible. Yes. So from the alums who kept the school going for the 20 years, uh, for Asala to come and be able to help with this restoration project of the building would not have been possible if it weren't for the alums and the great administration and faculty and all that kept it going all those years. Absolutely. Yet again, it takes everyone, every, a whole village, everybody in the community, everybody in the city, everybody around the world, because understandably, the world hears this interview and they're like, how can I help if they cannot travel? And I just have to ask this because I know we're coming up to um, we're, we're coming up to time here. But I'd be remiss if I didn't ask for the worldwide listeners that cannot make it to Spring Fling. We want everybody to make it to Spring Fling, obviously. 
but there's going to be a multitude of people around the world who cannot, but they hear this interview. They still want to assist in this process. How can they do that? Oh, most definitely that donations are accepted at the website, Fountain Hall, Mm -hmm. ATL.org. And all those donations are tax deductible. Mm -hmm. Uh, We take credit cards um, and you can give a one-time donation. You can put us in your budget on a monthly plan. All of those things are possible. But yes, all of that will help us. We're looking at, again, this next year. Mm-hmm. of really trying to get to the, as they say, to the finish line of the funds that need to be raised. Uh, and then we'll be looking at about a 12 to 18 month uh, re- restoration build out. Build out. Yes. Got it. Yes. Got it. See. So we'll be ready for 2026 when the World Cup comes to Atlanta. I, th- I th- you know, you know, if you want to ask me, I think it'll be. Yes, it's 12 to 18 months, but I think it may be sooner. I think this project, if you if you ask me, this restoration project mm-hmm. is actually going to be faster than you think. Just think if every listener just put us in $25 in your budget. So this is a one-time event, but we need your ongoing support. Absolutely. Fountain Hall, Morris Brown needs your ongoing support. Students always need help with uh, books, with tuition, uh, with fees to graduate, uh, there's always something. And and if it's not the academic part, the feeding the hungry souls, sometimes it's just that, getting food to the students. So uh, it is the material as well as is the ethereal that we have to help support. And we need everyone to join in with us and come out uh, or get to the website and make that donation. Again, www.fountainhallatl.org. Yep, absolutely. Go ahead and get your tickets. Not now, but right now. You should have already done that because we've we've been on here an hour. You should have done that already by now, especially listening to the rich history of Stone Hall, now Fountain Hall. The history. If We do black history facts every day on this radio station, on this show. You hear black history happening in this room. Black history is happening at this very moment. Understand that when you get things done, these are the phenomenal things that come into play. 20 after 20 years, getting accreditation back. Now a new breed of students, a new generation of students are taking the identity of Morris Brown College and enhancing that further with new things that they're doing in this technology age. So go ahead and put those donations in, put them in. I challenge our listeners out there all over the world. I don't care how you, how you do it. Just get the information from fountainhallatl.org. If you can come out, if you're in the city, if you're traveling and you're in close proximity or flying in. Yes, I said it flying in because I need y'all to fly in for this concert. Get your tickets right now. Go ahead. Remember, it is there is a purpose to all of this. This isn't just a normal concert that you can go to any other place in and get right here. 
It's all about the purpose. And that purpose is for this prestigious university. For us, by us, higher learning. All right? So, with that, if they want to follow on social media, Dr. Tate, how can how can our listeners do that to follow the progress? Sure. The, the social media handle is Faithful Friends of Fountain Hall. Mm-hmm. On uh, Facebook, Instagram, all of those. Awesome, awesome, because I want everybody to be able to follow the progress as they donate because that's exactly Mm -hmm. yep that's exactly what needs to happen so remember april 15th rain or shine we hope it's shine but rain or shine uh dr barlow go ahead rain or shine april 15th four o'clock p.m morris brown college campus look forward to seeing you waiting on you to get your ticket and join us for this auspicious occasion absolutely what an occasion it will be it's going to be amazing i mean i'm just i'm just ready to get dancing are you oh yeah yeah. let's (laughs) let's 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 go let's go i'm so ready for this spring fling it's going to be super amazing and we're going to be out there as well we're going to be you know just enjoying the festivities and everything so it is just absolutely going to be amazing i cannot wait it's a couple of weeks away get your tickets don't let them get don't do not let them as a lot of people say get gone okay so yes you definitely want to see this show and please make sure you have comfortable shoes because you're going to be up the whole time we don't need any we don't need anybody complaining about their feet but they they had a good time but their feet no please come with some comfortable shoes and dressed ready to get the best dress table you already know so with that being said i want to say a special thank you to everybody in the uh, morris brown college alumni focus group uh the atlanta branch of asala uh you know of course together they're all friends of fountain hall scholarship endowment committee and everybody here at this table reverend chuck barlow thank you so much and thank you for your service as well uh dr shirley barlow thank you as well and she's not she's not a guest she comes here all the time dr candy tate thank you so much for coming on and really spending the time to speak on not just the history but the future that is fountain hall so thank you very much and our spring fling remember april 15th saturday april 15th show starts at 4 p.m tickets available at fountainhallatl.org or if you're already on our site right now scroll down a bit click the flyer and it'll take you right there so now you have been officially informed all right so get your tickets not now but right now all right so coming up tonight at 6 6 p.m to 8 p.m get your boarding passes ready at gate 1026 the sky view plane is going up and the captain's Sky Life, Trouble, they got you tonight from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., a two-hour flight. So you better be ready with your boarding passes at the gate because it's definitely going all the way up. 
You dig? All right. So in the meantime, between time, buy black, stay black, stay healthy, stay wealthy in your journeys until tomorrow. Another phenomenal Wednesday midweek already. Yep, that's right. We said it. Peace, everybody.